2: Boxing with Chris Mannix is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to bet the action than on FanDuel Sportsbook during the football season. I bet on FanDuel as often and as comfortably as I possibly can. It is America's number one sportsbook. It's easy to use. It's safe and secure. There are fast payouts in as quick as two hours. So many bet types. Same game parlay bets, live betting, player props, futures, and so much more. If you are new... Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started right now. Sign up with the promo code BOXING so they know I sent you.
3: This is Boxing
2: with Chris Mannix. Somebody punch him in the face. Anthony Joshua is a composed and ferocious finisher. Watch this. Andy Ruiz is the heavyweight champion. Hosted
3: by SI's Chris Mannix. That was my moment. Now with interviews, analysis, and everything going on in the world of boxing.
2: When you have talent, you are given another chance. Here's
3: Chris Mannix.
2: Alright. Let's start here. You are an unbelievable fraud. Do you why? know why? 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 I'm gonna read be, I'm gonna read a tweet from one. Sergio Moore.
4: You know what? I wrote that. I knew you are going to come at me with it, but I said promoter, not boxer. I already know the tweet.
2: I've been outspoken criticizing Jake Paul as a, quote, boxer, but got to give him credit as a hashtag boxing promoter. You are all ready backtracking. By April 30th, you are going to be wearing a Jake Paul t-shirt and a subscriber to his YouTube page.
4: Listen, a promoter is someone that can gather attention. That's it. By any means necessary, you get people to watch something. That's a promoter. I will never give him. I won't say never. I'm never <laughs> giving him credit as a boxer, a professional boxer, until he boxes a professional fighter. Other than that, he's a great promoter. Yeah, Th-
2: this is just the beginning, though. Credit by April 30th, By April 30th, you're gonna be. I love Jake Paul. That's what it's gonna be about. No, yes, <laughs> so it will. Uh, what do you think? What did you think of the Taylor Serrano rollout?
4: Well, this is part of the promoter talk that we're talking about, Maddox. I mean, for him, I mean, it's not just him, him and Eddie Hearn, Jake Paul and Eddie Hearn to actually be uh, doing this in Madison Square Garden. I mean, the biggest fight, so much attention. I mean, he's going to use his background. He's going to use his uh, following. Everyone's going to be watching this. Okay, for that, I give him credit. The rollout was sensational. The red carpet was there. Uh, We're all talking about it.
2: This is going to be a big fight. I ran into Eddie Hearn this morning as we record this on Thursday in the lobby of the hotel, By the way, this is Sergio Mora, former junior middleweight champion, uh, DAZN broadcaster, joining me here uh, on the podcast. We are in, where are we, Phoenix, Phoenix, Arizona, for the Bam Rodriguez-Carlos Quadras uh, super flyweight title fight that we'll talk about a little bit later in the show. But ran into Eddie Hearn in the lobby, and one thing he told me is that there are already more than 3,000 tickets sold for Serrano against Taylor. There is an expectation that they'll zoom past 10,000 and from there who knows can they get 12,000 14,000 is it possible that taylor versus serrano could sell out the big room at msg
4: yes it's going to be possible it is going to happen not saying they're going to sell all those seats but they're going to put those butts in seats that's one are they going to get the viewers is it going to translate to subscriptions if he can do that I'm gonna be the first one to to say how great he is for boxing, but well, he's definitely. But if he doesn't, but if he doesn't, man, if he doesn't bring those subscriptions, and then we just have a full he's house, he's not the one bring
2: it though. Taylor Serrano, his brings brother did,
4: his brother got a bunch of people, but at he the was Staples. fighting,
2: but he was fighting. Like Jake Paul's not fighting. Taylor Serrano are fighting. They're I, the ones that'll drive subs. But I do think they will drive subs. Like, like there's, an, look, all this past week, one of the big discussions was. Oh, Valdez, Shakur, Taylor Serrano, both fighting on the same day. What's the bigger fight? Well, A, it's pretty clear you're going to be able to watch both of them. They'll, they'll be staggered time-wise so that you can watch both main events. But B, I think you can make a pretty strong case that Taylor Serrano is the bigger fight, is the bigger event. Not to take anything away from Valdez and Shakur, which is an incredible unification fight at 130 pounds, but Taylor Serrano is a big deal.
4: Didn't Shakur Stevens tweet uh, didn't didn't he tweet something about he ESPN? wants to see yeah he wants uh, to see them stagger you know, the times there you go so for the fact that his competition is doing that you got to give him credit for that yeah. you got to give him credit for that and he understands that this is equally as as big of a fight maybe not you know it's just different it's gonna be two different fights two different uh, viewership that's gonna be watching demographics are different but he understands the business of it so I got to give Shakur uh, credit for that um, if they can manage to switch it switch time zones like that and 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 have both fights yeah it's gonna be a win-win
2: for boxing bob arum kind of stepped in it this week when he criticized women's boxing effectively saying that the viewership of women's boxing is nothing compared to men's he compared it to uh european football to women's football or the premier league i'm sorry to... bob arum
4: is eight, i'll stop you right there bob arum is 80 years old 90, He's 90 what years old. 90 i'm sorry 90 years old where where are you you're curmudgeon right now and you're what 40 yes when you're 50 something or, or 50 something years from now you're going to be worse what's worse than a commercial no way i'm going to be alive 50 years from now
2: neither would and neither I. are you by the
4: way yeah <laughs> there's no <laughs> but chance. can you imagine the i mean he was a teenager in the 30s and 40s or if whatever it six it was. more months i'll be actually oppressed so you know if you watch mad men like i do you know, you you watch know Mad that? Men. Yeah, I love Mad Men. So, you know
2: how. The whitest show on television. You know
4: how how much prejudice they had. You know that back then there were, you know. Yeah, but
2: you really think that's that's not. It's a little misogynistic. It's certainly uh, condescending. But I think it, the big thing is that it's outdated, right? Like, go back to the 1990s and you had Christy Martin fighting in the 1990s. The early 2000s, you had Layla Ali. People watched fights yeah, and wolf and wolf. wolf
4: was a big one for me. Uh, uh and wolf was when i actually Riker,
2: mia st john there were there were a few women like there's no nothing but as a
4: fighter those are the ones i i kind of looked at and said wow this can go somewhere
2: but you watched these fights for the fighters not the fights themselves i was talking to christy martin this week about boxing in her time she talked about the fights that she fought effectively for free she talked talked about the Uh, show she appeared on that her mom promoted Uh, all the opponents that she struggled to find that was what that generation was all about this generation not only do you have high level fights or fighters you have high level fights as well Taylor Serrano is an excellent fight but it's one of many that are coming down the pipe I mean you've got Claressa Shields against Savannah Marshall 160 pound fight that's must-see TV Michaela Mayer maybe taking on Alicia Baumgartner at some point this year. That's must-see TV. Go down the ranks. Your stablemate, Sanisa Estrada, Estrada who has proven mm-hmm. that she can fight at a high level in three weight divisions. Maybe before the end of the year, we see a rematch between Estrada and Marlon Esparza. Like, they're a really good women's fight. They're not just like co-main events as Estrada's been, as Michaela Mayer has been, but they're main events. Like, these fights we're talking about are main events on ESPN, on DAZN, on whatever network we're talking about.
4: Women have come a long way, and uh, they earned their right. So it's not like, you know, uh, it, it's just something that just happened. So in the last 20 years, a lot has happened for women's boxing. And and I, I got to give Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano all the credit in the world because they're going to be at the same same venue. Muhammad Ali fought. Roberto Duran fought. Joe Lewis fought. I mean, that's Madison Square Garden. I never fought there. I'm jealous. I mean, there's so many fighters that, that – that, dream of fighting at the mecca and they never get that opportunity they're getting it they deserve it though and i think that's going to be a big uh that's going to be a point in women's boxing where it goes in the opposite direction and they start headlining they start doing the pay-per-views and they start getting that respect well it's only going to and the equal pay
2: it's right and that's where three minute rounds comes in and a lot of other variables uh it's only going to grow from here because these women we're talking about katie amanda michaela Senisa, they are role models for other women who are going to come up the ranks and have opportunities because they, in effect, blazed a certain trail. Last thought on this. You saw the rollout at, in New York on Monday. We'll talk more about this fight as it gets closer, but do you favor one over the other right now?
4: I do. Uh, you know, for a long time, I think Katie Taylor's had fantastic footwork. That's what made her who she was. The fact that she had experience, the fast hands. I can go on and on because that's my favorite, one of my favorite female, female fighters. Um, but Amanda Saronica Punch especially to the body she knows how to break down fighters she knows how to cut off rings she's gonna have that the the hometown advantage at in new york well if they probably be more pro katie crowd i'm gonna guess ah, it's gonna be both but that's items. her hometown yeah we can agree on that
2: yeah oh yeah yeah and she had a good crowd when she fought heather hardy there we were there for that fight um i
4: think i think amanda serrano has the upper hand this time around
2: you know what i,
4: I, I this time around so now Amanda's, you can ask me this question last year i would have say katie taylor yeah not, I think, I got to keep it real. I think Serrano has, she'll be the favorite. You know what in. was
2: interesting to me was, Amanda Serrano's best weight probably 126, but watching her and Katie Taylor go eye to eye, Amanda's the bigger fighter. Like, yeah. she's physically she's
4: bigger. She's muscular. She has a wider shoulder. Yeah.
2: Like, Katie's more comfortable, I think, at 135. That's her long-time weight. But Amanda's not going to be small in the ring by any stretch. And I do wonder how Katie deals with the power. Katie's been a little bit amateurish with her style. A lot of flurries looking to score points the old-fashioned way and not in the pro way, and she hasn't looked great. In recent fights, I think it's going to be a great fight. It's a coin flip type of
4: I, fight. I, w- I would never call undisputed champion amateurish though. So her style, um, her, stop, style stop her style. Stop there. Style. all right? She's,
2: she's not amateurish. Her style. She just has a little amateurish. She
4: just realized that she can't win with power. But you know, we you know it's what we're a talking. Style, about. It, yeah, you know what I'm, talking that, about. Like, I'm getting there, man. Okay. I wasn't a power puncher. I tried hard. No, you I lift, were not. I lift weights. I try to. I try to follow the technique of a fighter. When you don't have power, when you're not born with it, you're not gonna all of a sudden learn it. So Katie Taylor, even though she's able to accomplish so much, she's not a power puncher and you need to, she understands that now and, and you know, she's in her mid-30s. It's another thing. So you're not going to get power the older you get. She's just, she is who she is. She wins off of off of speed, off of uh, technique, off of experience. It's not going to be power. It's not going to be youth, and that's why I think Serrano has the upper hand.
2: So many good narratives in this fight. Katie's the golden girl, the two-time Olympian, the gold medalist, the star over in the U.K. and Ireland. You have Amanda Serrano. Came up the hard way, not much of an amateur background. Fought her way to seven world titles in seven different weight classes. I mean, it's this is why I think it's going to be such a huge event, man. Like, when you get to Fight Week in New York, it's going to be wild out there.
4: And you forgot the fact that she's
2: Irish like you. She is Irish like me. Mm -hmm. I'm not poor.
4: Well, look, I'm Mexican. Mexican. Yes, that's
2: not Puerto Rican. I'm Latino. Okay. All right. We got a few things going on this week and I want to get to. First up, Keith Thurman returns to the ring after a two and a half year layoff. He fights Mario Barrios. Putting aside the absurdity of this fight being on pay-per-view, 75 bucks for Thurman Barrios is wild. Absolutely wild. And everything that is wrong with boxing. But... It's an intriguing fight. Keith Thurman, if he wasn't coming off such a long layoff, I would say big favorite over Mario Barrios. But Barrios, even though he's making his welterweight debut, he was a very big 140-pounder. He is coming off a loss to Javante Davis, but he looked good up until the point where he got knocked out. How do you see Thurman Barrios playing out?
4: Well, look, I, I, I'm going to speak for Thurman first because I know what it's like to be inactive. I know what it's like to, to, to be an older, former champion. I know what it's like to have that hunger to want to, to wanna get back and prove people wrong and realize that my body's not the same, my, my legs aren't there as much, I don't have the same hunger to train, I wake up sore more times from sparring and it takes a longer time to recuperate, all that. Keith Thurman's going to be going through that. Add the fact that he's had injuries and the age and the inactivity, and we, we can't get into a fighter's mind and, and force him to be hungry. So we only see the hunger when we see him fight. And he's going to be in there against a hungry young fighter who, who has only lost to a champion, Tank Davis. I mean, it was a good fight up until those knockdowns. But you still got to give him credit for going through that. Tank's a beast. Tank's a power-punching beast. Mario Barros kept getting up, kept wanting to take the fight to him. I give him credit for that. There was moments he had a lot of success. It, it was It was an interesting fight. But the better champion won, obviously. So he takes that experience into an inactive, older champion like Thurman, who we don't know how hungry he is. Man, listen, this is one of those fights where Mario Barrios is a very live underdog. Not just live, very
2: live. So I talked to Thurman about this, and he's coming up a little bit later in the show. And I asked him about the inactivity. I asked him about the hunger, right? Because that's been the criticism of Keith Thurman over the last two and a half years. He has he got married. He had a baby. And people think that changed him. That made him something different than the fighter we saw going, you know, toe to toe with Sean Porter, toe to toe with Danny Garcia, both in their primes at that time. Do you believe that? Do you believe that, you know, you can lose the hundred
4: When do I believe it? I know it. I've experienced it. Yes. Huh? And that's why a lot of a lot of fighters tell you, you know, hold your family life until you're done boxing or or, or your later part of your career because you can't be up late nights feeding your baby at three in the morning when you're in camp, Mannix. You just can't do that. You have to get your eight nine hours sleep. Well, for me, it's eleven and twelve, but uh, you have to get your sleep. People that don't you know,
2: when Sergio's on the road, he's gone for twelve hours. I, I have sleep. never seen anything like it. Just twelve hours gone.
4: To quote Ernest Hemingway, "I love sleep. My, la- my life has a tendency to life fall apart when I, when I am when I'm awake." <laughs>
2: I don't think that's an exact quote, but go ahead. Something
4: like that. I'm paraphrasing it. But I can understand Thurman. I can understand one time. And and right now, uh, you know, he has too much to juggle with. And, and he, he needs to discover himself. And against Mario Barrios, man, I just think it, it's the right time for Barrios. The younger fighter, the fresher, still hungry. So you like to Barrios to win? Man, I like everything about Barrios winning this fight. Uh, I, need to, I need to know if uh, one time can be great one more time.
2: Well, you know, Thurman, like, people look at the Pacquiao fight and say, alright, well, he lost to a all-time great. The fight before that, he was like life and death Josecito Lopez. Remember that? Like, he was... Uh, that was out, of all, out of
4: all the names, out of all the names that he's fought, I mean, Josecito Lopez started his career at, what, 128? 130? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe even lower. He's not a welterweight, and he was able to rock welterweights. You know, he was able to you know, hurt and maybe stop the career of Victor Ortiz. He was able to give everything to Keith Thurman. That was a majority decision, I think it was. I mean, Josecito can fight. Mario Barrios is a younger version of Josecito Lopez.
2: I I don't love Barrios as a high-level boxer. He had that secondary title when he fought Javante. Remember the fight before that, though? That was in L.A. I think you were there for that when he lost to... uh, uh, mm-hmm. and, and he got the decision, a gift decision. He he lost that. So I think Does he it? can be outboxed, right? And I think Thurman, even though I don't think Thurman has it in him to stop Barrios at this point, I think he's still probably still a little gun-shy too. He's had a lot of hand injuries in his career. I think that plays into his style now. I think he's got enough to beat Mario Barrios. But I don't know that if he has enough... To get back to the top of the welterweight division, at one point he was number one. Now he's probably what four, no, I, five, maybe I,
4: he'll be lucky to be in the top five. Now with a knockout of Mario Barrios, he'd be back, but I don't think he does that. And when it comes to Mario Barrios, I I just think he he knows how to put punches together nicely. He know and he got that experience from the Tank Davis fight. Uh, the body shots are going to be key, I think, uh, with Keith Thurman because anytime you're older, an older fighter like this, you don't want to get hit to the body by a younger champion. You know you. you activity is going to be key. A lot of things are going to be key. So this is a breakout moment for Mario Barrios and it's there for the taking.
2: Yeah. It'd be an interesting fight. Just wish it wasn't $75 to watch it. All right. Let's talk about the fight that we're doing this weekend. The main event, Jesse Rodriguez, the 22 year old now super flyweight going up against Carlos Quadras, the longtime super flyweight, longtime title holder, title challenger, one of the better super flies of this generation. This was a card, Sergio, that originally started as Jesse Vargas against Liam Smith with Sarisa Katz, Sorung Vasai, and Carlos Quadras as the co-main. Jesse Vargas had to bow out because of COVID. sorung Vasai, Quadras moves up. And then on Sunday, we find out that sorung Vasai can't fight. Here comes Jesse Rodriguez. He was supposed to be on the card. He has never fought at super flyweight, but here he is moving up. Effectively, two weight classes to take on... Carlos Quadras. Do you like this move? by Jesse Rodriguez.
4: If this fight was before those wars of, with, uh, before the last fight of Quadras, I would, I would maybe favor Quadras, but anytime you're dealing with a fighter, like we were talking about with Keith Thurman, into their mid-30s, where they've already been through physical fights, now Quadras has been stopped in his last fight, he's 15 months inactive, so these are things that you have to take in consideration. If, if this fight was before Gallo Estrada, I would say no, too much, too soon. I think they, they made the wrong, wrong mistake, but no. Nah, I'm not going that this time around. I I think Bam Rodriguez is in the right opportunity, the opportune opportunity to actually do something great. I mean, there's a world title on the line. If there was no championship strap, not only that, it's a green belt. It's the one we all think about. Um... Then I, would, then I would say it's too much. Not this time around. He has the footwork. He has that southpaw style. He doesn't throw a lot of punches where he can get caught in between the wild shots of Quadros because that's what Quadros is good at. He'll punch in between the shots with, with looping shots. Always dangerous to fight guys like that. Rodriguez is more patient with his power. He's very... He's just really, really good for being a 22-year-old. So, no, I, I think Bam Rodriguez is a good place against a former aging champion.
2: You know, you and I... We do a show over on DAZN twice a week. We talk boxing all the time. I've lost track of the number of times that you have said experience matters. You believe in experience. Yet in this fight, you are saying the younger, far less experienced fighter in uh, Jesse Rodriguez has the edge. Jesse Rodriguez, in his last fight, fought his most experienced opponent, Juan Carlos Burgos. Knocked him out. Knocked him out. Good win. One of Burgos, his best wins. One of the probably best Probably his best. I mean, I'm guessing. His I last think. two were the best wins. Yeah, right? like any look, he's, he's an excellent prospect. But Carlos Quadras, his losses have come at the highest level. Yeah, he got stopped in his last fight, but look at who stopped him. He got stopped by Juan Francisco Estrada, and he had Estrada down in the third round. You called that fight. And it, granted, it was, what, 14, 15 months ago at this point. He's been on the shelf for a long time, but he has fought. Estrada. He has a win over Sor Rungvisai, the same Sor Rungvisai that knocked Chocolatito into the canvas several years back. He's fought Chocolatito, went the distance with Chocolatito. Look at some of his decision losses; they are razor thin. Sergio, this is a real good fighter. This is a high-level guy, and I, I wonder what happens if Bam Rodriguez can't get to Quadras early. What happens if he can't stop him? Bam, like not to give away stuff from our fighter meetings, but Bam really believes he has an advantage in the later rounds. I don't see that. I don't see it. I think the advantage is Quadras because he's been there before.
4: You just made the case for me. Every fight that he just went through was a physical toll on his body. Quadras has been through wars. He's been with there with the best chocolatito not only Estrada back-to-back, but McWilliams Royal was a tough fight for him. He had a lot of fights where he won where they were still physically taxing. And that's not because he's not even the Mexican style. He moves. He uses lateral movement. He switches southpaw. But they're still physical. you having to go through the eight-week camps and then go to 12 rounds in a grueling fight and then go, go into rematches and then go in. It has a toll on you mentally. And then you add someone's personal life, you know. You're talking about fighter meetings. We can bring him, bring up his son. I mean, he's a father. Anytime you have a family, you're juggling uh, um, a family and your camp and the business and the personal side. That's another thing to throw into the into the
2: mix. His kid's like seven, though. His kid's been around for most of his I, prime years. It just
4: has a lot to do with with juggling uh, the responsibility of being a fighter yeah, and, you, a, surgery, and a father.
2: It was, I think, February of 2020. And you and I were sitting there when another old super flyweight fought a young up and coming super flyweight. And that's, that was and that's why he's great. And Calyafon.
4: That, that's why we're talking about greatness when it comes to Chocolatito, four division world champion, someone that we can com- compare to like a Roberto Duran. Mm-hmm. This guy's the greatest Nicaraguan fighter aside from Alexis Aguayo. I mean, we're talking about greatness here. That comes along every generation. So, yeah, we were surprised because the world was surprised. We're not talking about greatness with Carlos Cuadras. We're talking about, Talk about pretty good. A, a, a great Mexican fighter, not overall great where we're just boxing health, all the best. If he can win against a young, hungry fighter like like Rodriguez, then I believe he has another opportunity to prove that he's a great fighter like Gallo Estrada because Estrada is a great fighter. He's Hall of Fame material, a great Mexican fighter, great great uh, global uh, uh, championship fighter. Quadras is is the fourth or fifth horse on that on that list, but with a win with a young up and coming buck like this, like, and then getting into the championship fight, we're talking about Mexican greatness, overall greatness.
2: Do you have any Do you have any concern with Rodriguez moving up two weight classes no. for this fight? No,
4: because he uses his feet. You know,
2: if, if he was a okay, a, but your power isn't always carrying you up it, that it way. It has
4: nothing to do with power. His power is su- surprise. He, he, it's he's not got a, a box squatter. He's, like. he's a southpaw. He knows how to use those southpaw angles. If he if he came straight at you uh, and he was right in front of you with his power, that's different. But he's going from angle to angle. He has that lomachenka type style where he's 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 basically fighting you with his feet. He's he's confusing you with his footwork. I mean, it, it it's it's really brilliant to watch his footwork. And then all of a sudden he pops you up front. He body shots the left hands really slick. He's coming off two of his best wins. I think everything is in the right direction for Bam Rodriguez to do something special, and that's why I favor
2: him. All right, it's a good fight. Uh, Let's finish looking back to last weekend. Junior Macabu, your guy. My boy. (laughs) He wins and defends his cruiserweight title against Tabiso Machunu. Putting aside Sergio, he didn't win. Like, Machunu won. I don't know what the judges were watching there. My man Steve Weisfeld, who I still think is the best judge in boxing, I don't know what he was watching on that card. He did not give that card to Machunu. I did. Um Macabu afterwards predictably called out Canelo Alvarez. We know Canelo Eddie Renoso have at least a passing interest in fighting at cruiserweight to win a title in another weight class. Uh do you have interest? Yes. In Macabu Canelo
4: Yes, not for the actual name that you're just talking about. Junior Macabu's forgettable. The name is forgettable, but what he brings to the table—not I'm not just talking about a strap. I'm not talking about a world championship. It's the fact that he's gonna help the legacy of Canelo Alvarez, who I I, I you know we all love and respect, and we want him to be one of the greatest, if not the greatest, uh, Mexican champion ever. There's always gonna be that debate: Is he better than Chavez? If he can win a world championship in a fifth division which is going to be two more than Chavez. Which There's no Mexican's be, ever
2: done, for that matter.
4: No Mexican's ever done it. Only a handful of fighters, starting with Tommy Hearns, have, have done that. Right. And um, very hard to do. You need height to go up in weight like that. You know, Tommy oh, Hearns had...
2: Pacquiao <laughs> didn't really have height. Oh,
4: Pacquiao, <laughs> but he started in the lightweight divisions Yeah, We're only three pounds he separate... Three, well, not only that, but three pounds separate 105 to 108, 108 to 112, 112 to 115. That's already three, four weight classes. Yeah. Whenever you're dealing with junior middleweight and welterweights, it's six to seven pounds. Big difference. Um, so I, that's the reason I think Canelo can can etch his name in history because he started out. He started fighting at 140, won the championship at 154, 160. Mind you, he's five foot eight and a half at most, so he's not carrying that weight. He has to get wider and more muscular, and then. 160, 168, 175 to go all the way to 180. And mind you, they're going to rehydrate to 200 pounds. That's greatness, Maddox. We're going to be talking about Canelo Olivers for a long time to come because Let of Let me it.
2: tell you something, though. Canelo dismantles Macabu. Like, doesn't matter. Well, it does because I'm watching the fight. And like, and if I'm watching the fight, I don't I don't think it's a competitive fight at all. That Macabu I saw... Would get knocked out by Canelo. I don't care what weight he is. He gets knocked out by Canelo. He's not faster. He's not stronger. But sure, we, he's got some pop. But, but we
4: witnessed history. It doesn't matter what you paid for it. I, I don't. How much you? How much is that pay per view going to cost? Whatever it is, I'll pay for it. It's going to be better than the other pay per view that you're complaining about.
2: Better than most pay per views. But pay-per-view. you're
4: going to be uh paying for history. Yeah. So if you're paying for history, it's worth the money.
2: Yeah. I mean, look. I, I don't. and This is kind of like what I've gleaned over the last couple of days being down here, I don't think Canelo's going in that direction. I don't think he's going to go towards cruiserweight right now. I think what he's deciding between is whether to fight Jamal Charlo or Dimitri Bivol in May. Those are the two guys that he's weighing. Eddie Hearn is pitching Bivol hard. PBC is pitching Charlo. Both fights are fine. But you know what, Sergio? I am as confident as I've been in years that in September we are going to get Canelo Golovkin 3. As long as Golovkin takes care of business over the next few months when he gets in the ring with Ryota Morata, I believe wholeheartedly we are going to get Canelo Golovkin 3, which frankly is all I care about because Gennady Golovkin is the only guy in the last, what, eight years? Whoa, whoa, whoa,
4: whoa. What happened to Andre Charlo? What happened to the confidence there? I never had had
2: any confidence. What happened
4: to you being... The ringleader I for that fight. I the, was. The, the 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 most interesting, the best fight in boxing, as to quote you, the most, what was it? What was the word you used?
2: Biggest fight in boxing.
4: The biggest fight in boxing. Now, all of a sudden, you're talking about Canelo?
2: It makes me sad to, to let that one go. Well, that's where it's going. I'm just being a realist. That's the way it's trending right now. And look,
4: Fickle. You call it realist, I call it fickle, like man. Jamal Charles. Fickle, and
2: disloyal. Not about disloyal. I I want that fight badly. Like a lot of people, like like remember when you were there when Andre was yelling at me before the last fight. I got yeah. it on video. Everybody's like, and, I know. video's all over the internet now. Everybody's like, Andre checking Chris Max. There's no bigger supporter of Demetrius Andre than me. There has not been. Admit that. Admit that. There has been no bigger advocate for Demetrius Andre than me.
4: In the press, yes. That's where it counts. But it's fickle and you're just, now you're just you, using a word. and 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 you lost all respect out of the man himself so anytime you lose the respect of the actual fighter come on what do you got that's because what do you got
2: you boxers are insane like unless we somebody defends eagles.
4: you we have small tiny fragile eagles Maddox
2: you do don't you hurt have them incredibly fragile don't eagles. hurt them if you're not defended a hundred percent of the time we have
4: big balls and small eagles <laughs> yeah,
2: very small fragile is the right word you're very fragile egos what I think is gonna happen with charlo though like if he fights canelo It'll be like Billy Joe Saunders. Like he'll collect a big payday and we'll probably never hear from him ever again. Like that's just, it's just it'll be too much of a too much of a hassle to kind of go back and rebuild at 160 or 168. I mean, I think it's where we're trending. If I had to guess, and it's just a guess at this point. I think it will be Canelo Charlo in May. But as long as we get Canelo Golovkin in September, I'm cool. Whatever, Look,
4: man. I'm always gonna be objective and and give it to you straight. I think Charlo Canelo's. The more exciting fight, the more probably marketable is. more fight, interesting because Bebo done
2: nothing. Bebo has done nothing to earn this opportunity. Had I opportunity. I don't, I don't, I don't know about. I don't know about
4: nothing to earn. Look what what, nah, did, what he did, did Caleb Plant do? Nothing. He did nothing either. Well, wow, he got it, he got ten million. That's what people Bebo is going to get. That's what he's looking at to at do. At but least he did Bebo has a better resume than Caleb Plant. So yeah, don't maybe. talk. Don't talk about resume. Or what he done to it's deserve great, the golden he's win ticket? that though. over Joe Smith.
2: That's pretty much what his resume is.
4: If he can do, if he can get Canelo before Joe Smith.
2: No, I think, what I by the way, what I like not to take this down a different path, but I like that Joe Smith and Better Be ever getting close on a deal. That's awesome. Like, that let's go. Is the
4: biggest fight of light heavyweight. That's uh, light, light heavyweight. We're gonna find out who's the best at one seventy. Oh, that's a
2: banger. Make that New York City. That is a banger in New York.
4: That's gonna be, that's gonna be a great fight. Yeah, that's gonna be like Godzilla and and King Kong. going Two in guys way. wailing away in each other. In the New summer, York, perfect time for that. Buildings and yeah.
2: love it. Sign me up for that. But I, I think Canelo, Canelo Charlo is fine. Then Canelo wins. I think he knocks him out. Canelo Bevel. I don't think he knocks Beevil out, but I think he outboxes him. Uh, because the
4: promotion for for Charlo Canelo. would be yeah, Exciting. You can bigger. do it. You can do a. a it's I admit that. It's bigger. Behind the scene type, you know, specials. It's I gonna agree. Be the Houston bad boy versus a clean cut Canelo, golfing, looking pretty. I agree. That's the best fighter in the world. Speaking it's just. i dancing, nothing out of karaoke.
2: Come on now. But what, like Charlo, his last few fights, have you seen yeah. anything out of him that makes you believe like he's going to be competitive in a fight like that? His first fight at one sixty eight.
4: Yeah, he's he's undefeated. He carries the confidence mm-hmm. and the swag Undefined of unbeaten a fighter. Thing. He has big power. He can end things in one one uh one punch. He has the youth, he has he has he has he just has that mean bad boy chip on his shoulder. He does. And, and the promotion Whenever will be you're good. dealing with a, ignorance is bliss, man, Mannix. And and anytime you're dealing with a fighter that that believes who he is, he is who he is.
2: Uh, ignorance is bl- what? What is that? I don't even know that's, what that's my philosophy, baby. All right, I'm gonna end this right here
0: and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, guys. This is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade
3: This podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball. We do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs?
2: My conversation with Keith Thurman. Fight fans, throw your best haymaker with a risk-free bet from FanDuel Sportsbook. Even if your fighter gets knocked out or tapped out, new customers get up to $1,000 back if your first bet doesn't win. Just sign up with the promo code BOXING and you'll be able to bet on all the biggest boxing matches and UFC fights. FanDuel offers all your favorite bets, choosing the money line, to the method of victory, to which round the fight will end, and so much more. You can even parlay different fight bets together. The bigger your parlay, the bigger your potential payout becomes. FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook and is now live in New York. New York City is where I spend a lot of time. I am thrilled that FanDuel is in New York. The app is so easy to use, and when you win, you'll get paid in as little as two hours. To place your first bet risk-free, just sign up with the promo code BOXING and make every fight night mean more with the FanDuel Sportsbook app. All right, Keith Thurman is here, former Unified Champion at 147 pounds. He is back on February 5th when he takes on Mario Barrios. It's a fight you can see on Fox Sports pay-per-view. Keith, let's start here physically. How are you feeling? Always the questions around you often begin with whether it's an injury, conditioning. How are you feeling physically going into this fight?
1: Strength and conditioning are feeling great, uh, injury free. You know my injuries are are old; they're just the story that people talk about. Everybody else uh, holds on to my injuries. I don't let those go a long time ago. We've done recovered. Uh, COVID has been the main factor of my inactivity and me not accepting any fight, you know, I just wanted uh, something that I thought was exciting uh, for me, you know, this is my career. And it's been a long time coming to get back. I had one fight offer uh, that wasn't enticing, because it was um, a little earlier in COVID. And it was without fans. And to go from the Manny Pacquiao fight to uh, in, in studio fight with no fans, it just was unenticing for me. After that, They didn't call Keith Thurman because they realized Thurman's not going to say yes to any boring old fight. Eventually, more time went by. It was time to start picking out dates. We tried to get on last year's schedule. I ended up having COVID after working the Pacquiao fight in Vegas when I flew back home. And um, that set me back to my comeback being this year and not late last year. So a lot of unideal situations have manifested. But luckily, the hands are good. You know, the, the body is good. The mindset is good. And we're, we're just days away from February 5th, looking forward to putting on a tremendous performance against Mario Barrios and looking forward to the challenge that this man is bringing to the table.
2: Take me back to 2019 when you fought Pacquiao. A- after that loss, like, what was your reaction to it?
1: Uh, just pff, disappointment, man. So much disappointment. Um You know, I'm the fighter that said, I got to, oh, I'm not afraid to let it go. If you can beat me, beat me. If you can beat me, beat me. You know, the problem is I lost by one point. And in sports, anybody who's a real competitor, you don't even have to be a real athlete. Just play a game of tic-tac-toe or anything, you know, a real competitor. When you're put in that situation where you know you have the capacity to win, yet you found a way to fall short of that glory. To me, it's, it's not just a needle or something being jabbed into you. I mean, it's getting wiggled and twisted and turned and it, it just hurts, man. It, um, the, way, the way those emotions manifested in me, um, it was very hard. You know. Then after that, I had to have the hand surgery, um, which is an even more uncomfortable situation Questions are, will my hand ever be the same? Doctor says it's a simple procedure, but he's dealing with Keith Thurman. I'm a puncher. Can it really hold up? Can it really hold up to what I want to do with my hand and my future? And all these questions came up. I just lost the, my first career fight. Uh, and, you know, depression setting in, you know, I'm, I'm just eating. I'm just eating, you know, trying to drown some of my thoughts. I'm just eating away. Got up to 192. You know, that, you know, I was able to get back down to 182 without a lot of effort, just had to stop eating crazy. But then eventually we got back in the gym. We got our body down to 172. I walked a, I walk around a lot of times, 25 pounds heavier than my weight division. Um, And because of that, that's where we had to start this training camp at uh, 25 pounds above. But we know the mathematics, we know the sports science and we brought it all together. Uh, But time, man, time heals all things. And after all this depression, you know, we just we were still here. We kept living. You know, I commentated uh, the the fight with Porter and Spence and my hand was in a cast. So I did that right after my surgery. You know, I got good, positive feedback from the fight fans. Everybody loved the Pacquiao fight. You know, there was. I grew my fan base because of the Pacquiao fight. I have a tremendous following in the Philippines now. They love Keith Thurman. They love the kind of fight that I gave because they they watched Manny and they know that when he fought Adrian Broner, the fight before, it wasn't like a Keith Thurman fight, you know? So there there's so much that I gained, but in at that time as I was going through it, my I wasn't able to reflect like that. I wasn't able to see the positives. I was a little too focused on the negatives. You know, then we went around more COVID struck in the year 2020. We thought it was going to be a terrific year, an Olympic year. I was hoping for it to be a great boxing year. And uh, by the time my hand was fully healed, 10 months after surgery, we were in the midst of COVID and we just had to play by ear. We didn't know where boxing was going to be. So we're very blessed. You know, there's a very strict uh, COVID protocol come fight week. I'm going to abide by all the rules. We don't want to mess anything up. We want to get in the ring. Um, and, and we want to put on a terrific performance, man. We want to be back in action in the Walter Wade division, one of the most exciting divisions that there is, and just remind the world who Keith Thurman is, what I bring to the table, and that, you know, I'm ready for any champion after we get past Mario Barrios.
2: When you were kind of at the depths of, of where you were, you mentioned the word depression. Um, did you think maybe you might not fight again at any point?
1: No. I mean, hey, I fought I fought all of 2019 practically one-handed, you know. So if my hand was never the same, uh, you might not ever see the same style from Keith Thurman, but I would have made adjustments. I would have fought my career out to the end. You know, I'm a, I'm a warrior. I'm a fighter. Um, we just saw Gary Russell jr. Uh, fight with an injury, you know, and that's just how it is, man. We, we want to be in the firefight. We want to be on stage. We want to be champions. And even if we're not in an optimal situation, we're going to, we're going to take the risk. You know, um, that's the gladiator, you know, they didn't ask the gladiators. How do you feel today? They said, come on, get out there. It's time to go, you know? So, um, Luckily, you know we have more freedom than they do or did in, in that generation. But at the end of the at the end of the day, the spirit within us is the same, and it's the spirit of a warrior.
2: One of the things that gets brought up a lot when people talk about you, and I'm sure you've heard this countless times, is you know does Keith Thurman have the same fire that he had back in 2016, 17, 18 when you were. You know, fighting regularly when you're in these firefights and winning close decisions against Danny Garcia and Sean Porter. You know, you have you have a family now. You achieved a lot in your career. And I, I hear it all the time. Does Keith Thurman have that same fire? How would you answer that question?
1: I mean, if they were able to see everything that I put my body through, you know, you don't do that without having goals and aspiring for greatness. I mean, that's what Keith Thurman's really all about. So I get, I get the banner. You know, like I said, I had thoughts about my hand after surgery. So when you don't see Keith Thurman and then you don't see Keith Thurman and you don't see Keith Thurman, naturally these kind of wave patterns are going to pop up in your head. So I don't blame any analytical person who takes that approach and puts a big question mark on, is he really this? Is he that, you know, his wife? his baby now, he's, you know, he's practically a hall of famer. Maybe he's done. That's, you know, that's how the mind works. That's what an analytical approach should sound like. But at the end of the day, I love boxing. And I don't think people understand my love for boxing. Um, It's one of the purest loves that can exist on the planet. I even told my wife, I was married to the game before I married you you know, (laughs) but luckily the game will end and I'll still be with you. So there'll be a chapter where you'll get more of my time. You'll get more of my love. But, and she's feeling it now. She's feeling it whenever I'm in a training camp, you know Uh, and she gives me my space so that I can live out this dream and so that I can provide uh, for the family. You know, it is what it is. But for me, I win, lose, draw, Keith Thurman, every time he steps in the ring, is living his dream from when I was a seven-year-old boy and now at the age of 33, you know, if anybody is a true dreamer, you know, whether you're aspiring to accomplish or you've already accomplished, you know, there's no greater sense of satisfaction besides to walk the path that you've chosen for yourself in this life. And this is the path that I've chosen. So it comes with criticism. It comes with doubters from the outside, but that's why it's very important that the fighters stay focused. That the fighters have their mind right. That they surround themselves with the camp that they need. Um, people doing uh, who are going to encourage them. I know of my skills and my capacity as one of the greatest welterweights in the welterweight division today, and I just want to continuously show that. And that's where my fire, and my flame is. You know. I don't have the same, you know, um, dog in me when I was younger, you know, because feed me, feed me, feed me. I'm coming up in the ranks. I'm coming up in the ranks. Recognize me. Recognize me. I'm recognized. I've been recognized. So it, it, it shifts, but it doesn't change the overall intention, which is to be the greatest fighter that I can be, which is to put on some of the most exciting welterweight fights in the welterweight division. Today, tomorrow, and the next day. That's what Keith Thurman's all about. And that mindset will will never change.
2: Has being a family man now changed you in any way as a boxer?
1: It's just changed me as a as a human being, you know. So ultimately, uh there's a there's a small leak over into boxing, but fatherhood is still um semi-new to me baby girl's about to be nine months old. (laughs) And um, there's one fundamental lesson that I learned from this child of mine so far, you know, I'm I'm expecting many more life lessons to come. You know, you you can learn from anybody. Age Age is just a number, right? So you can learn from anybody. And what I learned from my child the most is watching her develop so rapidly in nine months, they learn how to roll over. So they roll over. They learn how to stand up. So they stand up. Then they fall down. Then they stand up. Then she falls down. Then she stands up. And her development, she's a baby. So how did she get to where she was, to where she is? Baby steps. And, and how did she overcome any obstacle? No matter how many times she fell down, she continuously picked herself up. And sometimes it's hard in life, you know, but that is what life is about. Because till the day we die, you are here. You are here. You're in this moment right here, right now. How are you going to live with yourself? You're down. You just lost a job. You got fired, you know, um, some, some loved one, whatever, it's a breakup, boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, things are happening to people, you know? But how do you pick yourself back up, you know? So we as human beings, you know, it's not that we need to be cold hearted and not let the outside world affect us. When you have an emotion, we feel it deeply like a child. They cry, and then they get up, they wipe the tears, and then they find the time to smile. They, they're out here, they're smiling all over again. It's okay to go through the array of motions, but don't ever doubt that the spirit in you wants to live. The spirit in you wants to live, and it wants to thrive, and it wants the best for you. You know, And if, if you think otherwise, just try to hold your breath. -hmm. You think you're done? You think you're done? You're fed up? Just try to hold your breath. The spirit in you won't let you because Mm -hmm. that's the power of life, you know? And so, with my philosophy and my understanding of, of these simple natures in life, how can I not pick myself back up? It's time to go. I'm ready. I'm ready. It's time to go. I got up, you know? I got up. I've been working week after week, I've been putting in the blood and the sweat you know, we've been, we've been training, you know, is I got myself up. I've been on the diet. I cut out my sugar, you know, I got back on my regimen, you know, and it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing to just understand that you don't have to be in these lower states of vibration, you know, depression, sadness, anxieties, they're going to come and go. But if you can Take a time, take a breath, deep breathing, relax. Understand that no matter what it is, you're going to get through it. Change is the fundamental nature of the universe. Today is not yesterday. Today is not yesterday. Every day is a new day. That's why this moment is called a present. It's a gift. It's a gift. Take the time to open up the gift of the present moment and see that there is something positive, you know, and in each and every moment of life. In the in the happy, the sad, the bad, you know, I learned so much. You can learn from these negative life experiences. You learn from them. And that's the only thing to take away. So if if you can't grab the lesson then you're going to stay in the story of this happened to me and it sucked and it ruined everything. And I'll never be the same. You know, that's, that's mindset. That's mindset. So Mm -hmm. uh, mindset is very important. There's so many positive speakers um, out there in the world today. We have a great access, you know, you don't, you don't need a psychologist. You don't need a therapist but you do need to wrap your mind around greater philosophies that can help you lift yourself up and overcome these obstacles, these painful moments in life.
2: Before I let you go, um, a win against Barrios, as you've said, puts you right back into the mix for all the fights you're going to be looking for. Let me ask you this way. More likely to face Keith Thurman in 2022, Terrence Crawford or Errol
1: Spence? Errol Spence, we got the same manager. Uh, we've been, you know, we've been on different train tracks, but slowly getting ready to collide for many, many years. In an ideal world, Keith Thurman beats Manny Pacquiao and fought Errol Spence next. I predicted that I was going to fight Errol Spence in 2020. COVID hit. Thurman lost to Pacquiao. When Pacquiao came back, He was going to fight Spence. Spence wouldn't have fought Pacquiao if Thurman beat Pacquiao. That would have never been on the to-do list. That would have never been on the menu at the restaurant. He wouldn't have had that as an appetizer, entree, or anything of that nature. All he would have been seeing is Keith Thurman. So I think that's another small dilemma that happened and where a lot of my frustration came in is that when I fell short of victory, it allows people to try to pretend like they can forget about Keith Thurman, you know, but that's why I'm coming back. That's why I'm really motivated. That's the, that's the kindling of the flame, you know. I feel like Roy Jones, y'all must have forgot February 5th. <laughs> we're coming back. We're going to put on a show. We're going to put on a statement. And we're going to and afterwards, I don't want to be the one to say it. I want you to say it. Oh, yeah. Thurman's ready thurman's ready i want to see thurman versus the world it's thurman versus everybody that's 2022 let's go
2: love it good to have you back keith you definitely make that welterweight division a lot deeper and a lot better hope you have a big year uh in 2022 man good to talk to you
1: awesome brother thanks for all the support
2: when we come back this week's picks brought to you by our friends at fanduel
1: all right time
2: now for this week's picks brought to you by fanduel and just a reminder. I am now 5-1 since I started making picks here on this podcast. Last week, I did have Junior Makabu winning that fight against Tabiso Machunu. Didn't have him winning by decision, thought he would stop him, but 1-1 last week, not too bad. This week, I am focused in on the welterweight fight between Keith Thurman and Mario Barrios. And this is an interesting fight to me, because Thurman's been out of the ring for two and a half years. Haven't seen him since his loss to Manny Pacquiao back in 2019, Mario Barrios, decent fighter. We last saw him late last year losing to Gervonta Davis. So, how do I see this fight? I think Thurman is the better fighter. Even though he's been gone a long time, even though he's 33 years old, I think he's the better fighter. He is a minus 186 favorite right now, according to FanDuel. I think he's the right guy to bet on. The trickier bet is how he wins this fight. Now, you look at Keith Thurman's record, and you see a guy... With 29 wins and 22 knockouts. But what you don't see is that he has not had a knockout since 2015. That's right. It's been almost seven years since Keith Thurman's last knockout. So that tells me that maybe as the competition has increased, Keith Thurman's power really hasn't gone with it. So I think Keith Thurman wins, and I think he does it by decision. I'd also be on the lookout for Keith Thurman maybe getting a favorable judging decision here Thurman is the a side and sometimes the a side gets the benefit of the doubt from some of these judges so Thurman by decision those are my picks this week do you like sports pop culture and everything in between then tune into the sessions with Renee Paquette Every Tuesday and Thursday on the Volume Podcast Network. Renee peeks behind the curtains with your favorite athletes, actors, musicians, and more to unveil the stories that really matter. Download The Sessions with Renee Paquette wherever you listen to podcasts. Every Tuesday and Thursday, only on the Volume Podcast Network.